0: It's June 15th. And
1: the word of the day is callow, which means immature and lacking adult sophistication. Used in the sentence three times, why would a master of callow cinema like Kevin Smith not look up the definition of callow before he had a character in his movie make a big deal about defining callow as frightened and weak-willed instead of the correct definition? He was probably too callow. I'm no illusions. I'm Heath Enright,
0: and broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 20, Iowa will surprise the world by finding a way to become even less relevant. Computer security experts confirm that the Jews also control the digital media. (laughs) Franklin Graham will fail to realize that getting fucked in the ass by your bank is just a figure of speech. (laughs) And a Texas man tries to prevent the next million-man march by crowdsourcing
1: each black guy a dollar to stay at home. <laughs> but first,
0: the roundup. China's former security chief, Zhao Yongkang, was sentenced to life in prison last week for bribery, abuse of power, and being the one guy they decide to punish for shit like that. Tough luck for my man, Zee Yong. What a thunk. In world trade.
1: The House of Representatives did not pass a bill last week that would have granted President Obama fast-track authority in his negotiations over the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, or TPP. This could be good or bad, depending on what the deal secretly
0: says. Yeah, who the hell knows? No idea. Moving over to Europe, former IMF head Dominique Strauss-Kahn was acquitted of pimping charges on Friday, despite the fact that French prosecutors clearly established that it was indeed hard out there for him. Ain't easy. According to federal law
1: enforcers in the bastion of ethical banking that is Switzerland, brand new intelligence indicates there might have been some financial corruption inside FIFA the hell. And you also say? third Reich Germany yeah, you're so Right, They're on to both of them. <laughs>
0: Elections in Turkey last week threatened to shake up the power dynamic considerably. Way too much to unpack in just a few sentences, but few single factoids can tell you more about an event than this one. Upon seeing that the ruling party was unlikely to retain power, companies that made crowd control hose nozzles saw a worldwide (laughs) dip in stock value. What's (laughs) that tell you?
1: Not a good sign. The government of Pakistan was seemingly unaware of how crazy evil it sounded, when they told the humanitarian organization Save the Children to leave the country last week because of the charity's so-called anti-Pakistan activities. Now, granted, the NGO was definitely concealing
0: a whole bunch of CIA spies, but still, it's for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Save the kids from Pakistan. In domestic news, President Obama escalated U.S. involvement in Iraq with an authorization to send 450 additional troops to that country to train Sunni forces. So... That ought to do the trick. <laughs> we were just 450 military trainers away from victory in that conflict. We'll just fine now. Speaking of the prez, in Twizzle
1: Bizzle news, Snoop Dogg launched a presidential campaign far more promising than Donald Trump's last week when the rapper decided to throw his oversized hat, chalice, and cane into the <laughs> ring for consideration to become the next CEO at Twitter. Following the resignation of Dick
0: Costolo. Yeah, sure, why the hell not? In sports this week, San Francisco's Chris Heston became the first pitcher to throw a no-hitter this season and a 5-0 win over some other team from some other city somewhere. That Heath isn't New York doesn't, doesn't have a National League, National League team. team. In legislative
1: climate control news, citing the magical rain cloud, the exact shape of Texas, that appeared out of nowhere when then-Governor Rick Perry signed a bill restricting abortions in the state, California Assemblywoman Shannon Grove suggested her state should look into turning the rain back
0: on with a similar strategy. Sure, why not? In entertainment news, Rupert Murdoch has announced his intentions to step down as the CEO of 21st Century Fox. When asked if he had any regrets about his tenure with the company, he lamented the fact that despite his best efforts, he and Pinky were never quite able to take over the world. (laughs) Kept
1: trying, though. In We All Won the Internet's news tonight. A federal appeals court ruled in favor of net neutrality last week, upholding the new FCC regulations which went into effect on Friday. Data service providers are now officially banned from taking traffic bribes and instead will be forced to continue making large profits... Selling us back the internet we bought for them.
0: Yeah, right? In business news, Apple has announced a new music streaming service called Apple Music without ever actually fessing up to what outdated shit iTunes is. Despite the lack of a physical device associated with the new service, post-hipsters are already lining up at Apple stores <laughs> because that's what they've just been conditioned to do. Fun news like this. In fetus law... A federal appellate court upheld a new
1: Texas regulation that requires abortion clinics to meet the same equipment standards as hospital-style surgery centers. Proponents of the law argue that this increases patient safety. Critics, on the other hand, point out that effectively shutting down half the facilities in the state doesn't sound safer, no, not really. and also note that terminating a blastocyst doesn't exactly require high-powered laser beams or large hadron colliders.
0: Well, you, but you need the particle accelerator to get the unborn soul going fast enough to make sure you sling it all the way to hell. But so, you can do that at a different facility. Well, true, true. But okay, but then also the fetuses, you know, they follow lasers around like cats, so you can <laughs> use them for abortion too. Just they'll come right out of the vag. It's like they call it the Pied Piper method. It's so cute. The Supreme Court struck down a law allowing people born in Jerusalem to list Israel as their birthplace on passports last Monday. In the 6-3 decision, the court sided with executive prerogative in matter of foreign affairs, thus starkly reminding all of us that it takes all three branches of our dysfunctional federal government to solve a question that should have been referred to Carmen Sandiego. (laughs) Construction
1: is underway in California for a five-mile-long test track version of an experimental new public transit system called the Hyperloop. According to real-life futuristic John Galt minus the felony tax evasion Elon Musk, who is conspicuously not involved with the project, this sort of technology would use air-pressurized tubes to propel passenger pods up to 800 miles an hour making it possible to travel from L.A. to
0: San Francisco in about 30 minutes. Like in, like in Futurama. So good news. That'd be awesome. In Spain this week, officials dug up Don Quixote author Miguel de Cervantes and buried him again somewhere else in a lavish ceremony that sought to remind people of a time when good things came out of Spain. Cervantes is considered by many Spaniards to be the Spanish Shakespeare, though nobody outside of Spain thinks that. Yeah, they'll <laughs> admit that he's really good and everything, but fuck, come on. Shakespeare, <laughs> fuck
1: off, Spain. And finally... Pizza Hut continued being an awful disgrace to pizza and shitty little dwellings, most recently with the release of a new item that takes one of America's greatest culinary inventions, ruins it, and then combines it with possibly our worst culinary invention. Their new Hot Dog Bites Pizza switches yeah. out the crust for a ring of miniature nitrate-laden bologna tubes. Oh, God. Because things
0: that nobody wants as a topping are perfect as a siding. How about you just quit sticking shit in your crust to distract us from how awful it is and then stop putting your ketchup and cheese meal on glutenized cardboard to begin with? That's, couldn't, couldn't you solve the, the problem part. there? Fucking Mariella's on 3rd Avenue never needed to bribe me into eating a crust with beans and weenies. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with these people. <laughs> and of course, we've got more on this week's top
1: headlines coming up. But first, we'll take a few minutes to highlight some of the most intellectually stimulating wisdom the religious right had to offer this week.
0: Once again this week, we've been blessed with a bounteous batch of bombastic bloviations and blabbering bullshittery. And while I'll freely admit that any effort to sort out the worst of these asinine mutterings is like trying to decide if a turd smelled better before or after the skunk sprayed it, ranking the rankness of the ranks of rancorous cranks is kind of what we do. So once again, here's the worst of the worst in a segment that we call Abuse Your Words. First up, we have fired by the American Family Association in
1: accordance with Godwin's Law, Brian Fisher. During an episode of his radio show, Focal Point, last week, he voiced his support for the House of Representatives after they voted down a bill that would have given President Obama fast-track authority to negotiate the TPP. But then he didn't stop talking. Instead, he decided to explain his reasoning. And as far as I can tell... Fisher thinks Obama's using this trade deal as a cover for
0: his real plan to finally spread homosexuality outside of the United States. Yes, like a zombie disease. It was in response, I guess, to a letter that the Obama administration released where seven LGBT ambassadors were arguing that TPP would help fight employment discrimination against gays, which just left me thinking, why do seven LGBT ambassadors know what's in this deal when congressional trade advisors don't? But... I'm guessing, I'm guessing Fisher's issue here was a little less nuanced. (laughs) Good
1: guess. So
0: finding that elusive
1: way to link human rights labor regulations to gay sex slaves in metal cargo containers, (laughs) Fisher described the TPP as quote, a major tool to export sexual deviancy to the world, end quote. Uh huh. He later added,
2: So ladies and gentlemen, this bill is not about fast tracking trade. This bill is about fast tracking Sin. So the bottom line, if somebody loves sexual deviancy, supports sexual deviancy, they are going to love Obama trade.
0: All right. Sorry there, Fisher. I'm, I'm going to have to call bullshit on you there because I love sexual deviancy. Huge fan. Not a big TPP guy. And now, unless you're employing it in the old school two-penis penetration usage, but he said Obama trade, so clearly he's not.
1: <laughs> and even though Fisher didn't give us one of his usual homo-fascist gay-Nazi analogies, we still give pretty good points for anyone that suggests that President Obama is using tariff reductions on sneakers to help spread homosexuality
0: yeah. now that he's out of gay bombs and grid-shaped gay sky poisons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Easy way to get points, automatically. And overdue for mention on this segment, even though it's only two weeks old, is our good friend Ken Ham, whose Wednesday blog ponderings included wondering why Miley Cyrus isn't fucking animals and children. <laughs> After getting the vapors over a nude photo shoot she did with the magazine Paper, Ham went on to parse a portion of the interview where Cyrus explained that she would fuck anything the law allows her to fuck.
1: Okay, so either Ken Ham is a regular reader of Paper Magazine, or he has some really creepy Google Alert settings. (laughs) Either way... You could definitely use a lesson
0: from Kirk Cameron on what a good Christian husband does on the computer. Yep, okay, hits it with a mallet, exactly. <laughs> so, here's the quote from Miley. Talking about fucking a lot of things, she says, quote, I am literally open to every single thing that is consenting and doesn't involve an animal and everyone is of age. Everything that's legal, I'm down with, end quote. So, instead of beating off to this quote like a good semen-producing organism, Ham wondered why all this not-fucking-animal stuff. Quote, Why not involve an animal? On what basis does she decide that? If there's no God and she's just a result of evolution, and then she is merely an animal anyway, end quote. So yes, Ken Ham has proven that, if nothing else, he's pondered animal fucking enough to have a scientific justification at the ready. Should he ever need one.
1: Yeah, Because the tone of his blog post seemed to waver back and forth between outrage and, like, creepy suggestion. Right. Couldn't tell for sure who was, you know, like... Why not involve an animal then, like outrage, or why not involve an animal then? You know, so Maybe right. you involve an animal.
0: <laughs> maybe you do a follow-up interview about that. I don't know. <laughs> another spread. He then goes on to ponder why she doesn't fuck children if there's no God as well, justifying this through the whole, if you're not going to burn in hell for eternity, what possible reason could a person have for not ass-raping children defense that he's so famous for? So, for failing to recognize that fucking underage people and animals are morally repugnant acts all by themselves, unless, of course, the underage person is 17 or the animal is a sheep, Ham earns a spot on this week's list, and while it doesn't even rank in the top 50 of the Dumbest Things Ham said that day. His normal creationist tripe doesn't include reference to Miley Cyrus sucking off a mule. So we're going to talk about the stuff that he said that does. (laughs) By default.
1: Next up, we have the first member of our two-timers club here on Abuse Your Words. And that would be Michael Savage. Deservedly so. Last week, he earned a spot in the finals by discovering the homosexual agenda behind seatbelt laws. This week, he made the list on the strength of his new immigration policy which is heavily based on the proven effectiveness of similar programs used by Joseph Stalin, Pol Pot, and Joe McCarthy. Wow. I think the first time McCarthy was ever the moderate on a list.
0: Well done, (laughs) sir.
1: So, while ranting about immigrants during his radio show on Wednesday so as to scare people and make his job continue existing, Savage suggested that the United States needs to deport all the foreigners in our jails... Also, the immigration attorneys oh, and also all the people that work at the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh-huh. Ignoring the fact that deporting thousands of Americans out of America is literally impossible, <laughs> he suggested that we should, quote, work out a deal with Russia to build internment camps somewhere in Siberia, end quote.
0: I see. He also literally added, quote, I love McCarthy. Just what Russia wants, our Mexicans. And it was all precipitated, by the way. By him bitching about the give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free yeah, exactly. poem on the Statue of Liberty. He was in the middle of bitching about huddled masses yearning to be free when he suggested the concentration camps. It's like he's auditioning for, like, arch nemesis of the My Little Ponies or something. <laughs> so we hadn't seen any suggestions for
1: America to rent out Siberian prison slave torture camps until now. So Not one, no. Got savage some decent points. <laughs> originality or whatever. He also scored well by adopting a stance on immigration that's clearly informed by 1980s high school students from the movie Red
0: Dawn. (laughs) It's about that nuanced. The fourth Red Dawn reference ever. You know, I I will freely admit that openly calling for immigrant prison camps is pretty hard to beat. And if Savage had gone on to, to list people by name that he wanted in those internment camps, he might well have been able to get all the way to the top seat. But that honor will instead go to a man so defined by his bigotry that he probably has a list of the minorities he most hates on his business card, Steve Anderson. Now, if you're not familiar with this Arizona preacher, his past hits include blaming birth control for destroying America with whoredom, tricking a group of rabbis into appearing in an anti-Semitic movie, and then publicly calling for genocide against gays as vengeance for AIDS. Not to mention earning a spot in the introduction to Lucinda's to weekly misogyny segment on our sister show. <laughs> the AIDS-free Christmas that never that happened. That was yet. him, yeah. Uh huh. And most recently,
1: he's known for this week's headline on Patheos.com, complete with a photo that shows him in the middle of a Heil salute with fake-looking green mountains in the background looking like the bad guy from The Sound of
0: Music. Yes, we know who the bad guy from that one was. Yeah, now, this outburst was about uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and it might have been his best yet. So after an ineffectual attempt to remember if the politically correct term was trans freak, filthy pervert, or evangelist of sodomy and filth to the world, he explained how he hated Caitlyn with what he called a perfect hatred, which I can only assume is a pet name for his erection. He then went on to cast the Christian God in the role of the bad guy from Temple of Doom in the following quote, and I'll, I'll leave it to you to figure out the pantomime here. Well, it was definitely
1: similar to yelling out, get over here, and then performing a Mortal Kombat fatality. (laughs) Right, right. A lot like that.
0: Yeah, here it is. I hope God touches Bruce Jenner's heart like this. That's how I want him to touch his heart. I hope, I pray that his heart would explode right now. Amen. Now... Normally, publicly calling for divine heart explosions would make a person a shoe in for this list, but to Steve Anderson's credit, he did try to pull it out with the following factually correct quote as well. But yet, today, people think I'm crazy. Yup, you're right, I'm crazy, because I think that every man should keep his privy member in place. I'm nuts. I'm crazy, you know. So I don't know. Him. <laughs> might, might be enough to save him there. <laughs> you think? I don't know. Judges, can we accept...
1: Blur, blur, blubble, blub. blub. (laughs) No, sorry. Sorry. They were looking for just kidding. I don't want God to murder Caitlyn Jenner by pulling the beating heart from her chest and eating it. (laughs) We're looking for that. He was so close. And that means we have a winner. Congrats to this week's champion and credible threat for an abuse your words dynasty, Steve
0: Anderson. Knew you could do it, Steve. Keith and I pride ourselves on being punctual and prepared, but of all the qualities we bring to podcasting, I think our most noteworthy one is our fallibility. In fact, I'd venture to say, with the exception of a few notable experts like all of mainstream media and most of new media, we may just be the most fallible podcasters in the business. So, we'd like to take a couple minutes to point out some errors we've made over the first 19 episodes of the show and share the lessons we've learned. Right. For example, on episode 16, we overstated the case when we were talking about a proposed law in California that would remove the religious exemption from mandatory vaccination requirements. We incorrectly identified that as a thing that happened, not a thing that almost happened before the governor got all pissy and derailed it with help from the state assembly. I tried to find an update on it just before we went to air with this bit, but I couldn't find anything definitive. So I'm just going to say that the bill was killed, then hidden in the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark-type warehouse by members of the Ku Klux Klan that were aliens. <laughs> just, just so we have something to talk about the next time we do corrections. <laughs>
1: And the lesson we take away from that error is definitely don't go to Disneyland. Right, yes, and
0: if you do, don't drink the local water, or they will kill you to get it back.
1: (laughs) We also got well-informed responses from Glenn and Tyler to a news brief from Episode 17 that criticized the heir to a Texas oil fortune for spending $350,000 at an auction for the right to hunt and kill an endangered black rhino, and then claiming he did it for conservation. Mm -hmm. And while all of that is technically true, it turns out the rhino was a problem for its herd or crash and would have been killed either way. So the large sum of money from the auction actually provided funds for local environmental efforts, despite sounding like less of a humanitarian aid thing and more
0: like a supervillain hobby type thing. Could be both, of course. (laughs) Uh, Now, the lesson, of course, that we took away from this is that the Ninja Turtles weren't as environmentally careless as I thought. Turns out Rocksteady had it coming. (laughs) They're poachers on a half shell, but they're green. Yes, exactly, exactly. Now, for many shows, this next one might not count as a correction, but Anne wrote to us on Facebook to reprimand us for doing a whole lead story on the FIFA scandal without working in a bladder control joke anywhere. And while I'm not sure that that amounts to inaccurate, it is definitely (laughs) dereliction of duty, so thanks for taking us to task there, Anne.
1: All right, lesson When you overlook people in the news with names that are near homophones for urine-related words, that's how the terrorists win. Right. And you don't want that. You don't (laughs) want that. We owe you better than that. Sorry. We also got a Facebook message from Kenny reminding us that Dustin Diamond is not only famous for Saved by the Bell, stabbing a dude in Wisconsin, and his celebrity boxing bout with Horshack, somehow – We forgot to mention that he's also quite well known for hiring two hookers to help him make a homemade dirty Sanchez sex tape called, no bullshit, Screeched, Saved by the Smell. How could we (laughs) For those of you who aren't familiar, this particular genre of porn involves smearing of shit on the upper lip of at least one participant. (laughs) And in case it's It's not clear, this is based on the extremely offensive notion that people whose last name is Sanchez
0: tend to have mustaches that look like a shit smear. Right, so just in case you were looking for a reason to be offended by the idea of smearing shit on someone's upper lip, we added that detail. The lesson, of course, is pretending that you're less of an expert in shit porn than you actually are never pays.
1: (laughs) And while I'm sure that isn't all we fucked up, it is all we know about at the moment. But don't worry, I'm sure we'll be back to do this again sometime soon. In the meantime, stay pedantic, y'all. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat no illusions. Noah let's play food, sex, or cars. Okay. Would you rather have Lillian's Pizza, Forest Hills, New York, Martha Stewart, or personal rickshaw for six months <laughs> with
0: driver? I'll tell you what, I'll take the pizza unless I can get Martha pulling that rickshaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good combine pizza, the last she's a good two. driver. <laughs>
1: so before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter and combine some bad music with bad puns, because that's entertaining. Trending this week was hashtag food
0: an 80s song. Would hmm. you like to play or pass? Well, I do think that that was already done to perfection when Weird Al spoofed La Bamba as lasagna, but I'll play along <laughs> anyway. How about uh, in honor of that Pizza Hut story, another one bites the crust? <laughs> well done. What about Walk Like an Egyptian? There you go. Now, oh, if I had said, by the way, when doves fry, would it have made my homeless LSD phase obvious? <laughs> because if not, I want to go with that. But if it would, we'll edit Trip that it on
1: sunshine. And this week's random stranger winner was at Richard Hine, who had... I think we're
0: Provolone now.
1: Well played, Richard. That's pretty good.
0: Not bad. Not bad. I, I do want to strike him on a technicality, though, since the song in question came out in 1967.
1: Right. It was. right. I'll assume he meant the 1987 cover by Tiffany, yeah, but probably. good point. Yeah. And once again, before we get going, one more reminder that The Skeptocrat will be off the air, unfortunately, for the next four weeks. Yes, yeah, We'll return July 13th with new episodes, but between then and now, you'll just have to listen to Tom and Cecil on slow for a couple of Mondays. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, you guys sorry. will be fine.
0: It's a good well, show. We, we, we will miss you guys, In our lead story tonight, the state of Iowa that has once more realized they were doing something stupid long after everybody else already knew. This belated realization led to the state's GOP announcing that after 36 years of prediction. Republican presidential nominees with a rate that would make a tea leaf reader blush, the Iowa straw poll will live no more.
1: <laughs> this is actually probably good. I mean, this should allow candidates more time to focus their effort on the
0: 12 eligible voters in Dixville-Notch, New Hampshire. (laughs) Right. Well, not the eight Democrats, but the other four, yeah. Now, despite the significantly worse-than-chance rate of one in six correct predictions, the meaningless and largely purchasable contest had become something of a tradition that acted as a rusty weather vane in the early primary contests, like like a rusty weather vane in a low atmosphere environment (laughs) that's really heavy, (laughs) And glued in place. Michelle Bachman won the fucking thing last time around. It's completely useless. But despite its uselessness, pundits talk about it, which means that candidates had to flood yet more money into Iowa because of it, until one of them said they wouldn't, at which point the entire fucking house of cards collapsed.
1: Yeah, and now we can all focus on real polls that don't involve the use of a cardboard applause meter Right. <laughs> it's probably a good move.
0: Not that those polls are much more predictive at this stage, but yes, definitely a step in the right direction. Now, the beginning (laughs) of the end came when Jeb Bush announced well in advance of this that he had a hair appointment that day, and while he was, you know, mostly just applying his ignore the fuck out of Iowa strategy here, the absence of 80 of the lead candidates makes the whole ordeal even more useless than it already was. And then, of course, the domino effect of candidates eager to not piss more money away on this meaningless popularity contest that allows you to bus in supporters quickly made the decision on behalf of the Iowa GOP, a fact that the leadership confirmed in a unanimous vote on Friday.
1: And in scissor-to-the-chase news tonight, Wells Fargo Bank lost a meaningless client last week after they ran an advertisement that showed a lesbian couple adopting a deaf child, which of course is a very disturbing idea to the people over at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. That's why the group's CEO, Franklin Graham, has decided to take their business elsewhere, and move their accounts to a bank without any gay money in the vault touching their pile. <laughs> However, it's not actually going to work out for him right away because he chose to switch over to a bank called BB&T, which, despite its North Carolina roots, is actually an active sponsor of LGBT equality events. The,
0: the, the B and the T should have been a dead giveaway. Not
1: paying attention at all. So Frankie G. discussed the announcement with Craig James of the Family Research Council on the Washington Watch radio show last Monday during which time he suggested that Wells Fargo should stick to interest rates and service fees and leave the offensive propaganda about human sexuality to the experts over at Christianity. That's our right. thing. <laughs> he also mentioned that good Christians should also be boycotting Starbucks, Nike, and Tiffany's, presumably uh-huh. in response to their sodomite sperm lattes, which we all knew about, <laughs> their gay sneakers, and uh, lesbian lamps, I guess. Right, what, what is right. Yeah, wouldn't stuff?
0: want to support companies that support gay rights, so also, you know, boycott Aetna and Amazon and American Express, American Airlines, Bank of America, Barnes & Noble, (laughs) Ben & Jerry's, Bristol-Myers, Capital One, Cigna, Cisco, Citigroup, Coca-Cola, Colgate, Comcast, basically you can only give money to your church, that (laughs) defunct pizzeria in Indiana that doesn't cater gay weddings and Christian bigots on GoFundMe now. Speaking of which, in Christian bigots on GoFundMe news tonight, Texas bigot and bigot from Texas Rich Kent has started a GoFundMe campaign seeking $1 million to ensure that Al Sharpton doesn't come to McKinney, Texas, despite Al Sharpton not apparently having any plans to that effect. It's going to cost $1 million. (laughs) Well, now, the classy way to announce his price to rid the city of its Sharpton problem, would have been to wander into the middle of a city council meeting and just write the amount on a chalkboard. But instead, <laughs> Kent chose to announce it via an online video where he comes as close as he possibly can to calling black people a cancer without actually it's saying those really words. Really close,
1: though, yeah. Wow. So, like you said, Sharpton definitely didn't have any plans to show up in Texas, so this is kind of stupid and meaningless, but then someone tried to raise a million dollars to keep northern freedmen out of an entire U.S. state, which is a great way to inspire a spite rally Kickstarter campaign and Al Sharpton yeah. showing up.
0: Right, right. Now, in his follow-up, Some of My Best Friends Are Black video, where he actually said that some of his best friends are black, <laughs> Kent explained that this wasn't motivated by racism so much as the knowledge that the blacks just can't be trusted. Quote, you're not going to stample on Texas property rights. I'm sorry, stample. <laughs> That's what he said, and it's true. It's true. There will be no stampling. No, you're right. Probably not. Million dollars or not. Anyway, no stampling anywhere. Ever. He continues. These are Texans. These ain't Maryland people. These ain't people of Baltimore or Ferguson. In Texas, we are not going to stand by and let you riot. End quote. I wonder if he knows which of those are states <laughs> and which of those are cities. Be very surprised. He was able to put that together. With more on this story, we
1: turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live in McKinney. Lucinda,
2: have you managed to track down the Texas bigot in question? I have, Heath. In fact, I even got a chance to sit down with him and some of his friends for an off-the-record interview. Excellent.
1: Were you able to learn anything about his intentions if his campaign is successful?
2: Well, in his original video, he seemed to suggest that should Al Sharpton come to town, he would be following him to whatever hotel he checked into and forcibly evicting him.
1: (laughs) And that's still the plan?
2: No, it seems like somebody must have clued him in on the fact that even just saying you're going to do that is illegal. So he's developed an alternative plan.
1: Were you able to get any details on the alternative plan?
2: Well, Heath, Rich and his posse are planning a three-stage defensive perimeter. The first two stages are nearly complete.
1: <laughs> all right, this should be grossly offensive. What? What's stage one? I'm curious.
2: <laughs> a series of signs that the local racists erected on all the major highways leading to McKinney with the hopes of scaring off African Americans.
1: Okay, it is going to be offensive, isn't it? Like, Like what? What did they
2: say? Last fried chicken for 82 miles. Wow. Warning, this is a malt liquor-free county crack and sideways handguns party that way, and that kind of stuff.
1: Wow, yeah, that's just uh, absolutely horrible.
2: I know, it sounds really racist, but they assure me that it isn't because they, quote, get along fine with that colored fill at the plant, and used to listen to Eminem also. P-
1: pretty sure it's still racist, You're despite prob-
2: the white rapper thing. You're probably right. <laughs> so, what about stage two? Also racist, teeth, uh, Like a huh. Wally e. Coyote thing, except with watermelons instead of birdseed.
1: Okay, so far this seems really bigoted, but none of it seems particularly expensive, so... Why, why is he shooting for a million dollars? Where did he come up with that?
2: Ah, oh, well, that's pretty much all going to stage three. You see, Kent's plan involves building a fake McKinney as a detour in case all of the other stuff fails. <laughs> They've started construction on the downtown area, complete with little cardboard cutouts of white people waving. You mean like in blazing saddles? That's where he got the idea from, Heath. <laughs> They're planning on doing the toll booth thing, too, by the way. <laughs> I
1: see. Did Did they say anything else? Anything else about the plan?
2: Well, I couldn't quite hear the last bit, but I think they said Al Sharpton was near.
1: (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lucinda. And in anti-Symantech news tonight, the cybersecurity company Kaspersky announced last week that they discovered the presence of a digital virus on computer systems at three hotels in Europe. All of which hosted recent P5 plus one talks regarding Iran's nuclear program. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Beers, they may have allowed the attackers to spy on negotiations between the leaders of the US, the UK, France, China, Russia, and Germany. Can't imagine who's left off that list and might have been
0: behind something like this. Are you allowed to say, I bet it was the Jews without being a Nazi? (laughs) I'm not sure that you can. (laughs) Okay, because if you can't, I won't say that. Oh, good. But I do, I do bet it was the Jews. (laughs) So, according to Kaspersky's report, their
1: experts believe the worm is a new version of something called the Dooku virus, which has been linked to, you guessed it, Israeli intelligence. And the Sith. They noted distinct similarities to Israel's highly publicized Stuxnet virus that was used to interfere with Iran's nuclear facilities back in 2010, which was pretty awesome. They say the Dooku 2.0 attack may have allowed... B.B. Netanyahu, and Tom Cotton, or whoever it was, or whoever it (laughs) might have (laughs) been, to spy on the negotiations by controlling cameras and microphones inside the hotels. Now,
0: you know, don't get me wrong. All the white people in the world with nukes except Israel get together to talk about brown people having nukes. I expect Israel (laughs) to show up for a little espionage what's or whatever <laughs> no, i just you know but i don't expect a russian security agent to sniff it out two weeks later like, like <laughs> we don't have nerds on our side our guys don't have nerds
1: These might have involved our nerds i'm not sure so not sure, yeah. in response to the semi-accusation israel responded of course that wasn't us but you might want to check your wallet the three apparently, whoever was behind the virus, definitely not Israel, of course, they also managed to sneak it into Kaspersky's very own computer systems. That's right. They hacked the anti-hacking company. Does wow. not bode well. So basically, the cyber spies were holding the defensive playbook the whole time and stealing signals like Bill Belichick kind of easy for them now granted there's no way to be certain at this point about, uh, ab- or not- about
0: the israelis not about belichick know. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: he's definitely a cheating bastard yes. yes but there's no way to be sure about israel but if they were indeed behind the virus it definitely does help explain how netanyahu's red marker thermometer acme dynamite blueprint of iran's nuclear program <laughs> was so fucking accurate <laughs> yeah he was he dead it. on to everybody that time.
0: <laughs> and, and my wife said it was a good size news tonight. Fundamentalist zealot and only presidential candidate whose side effects include anal leakage Rick Santorum <laughs> reminded everybody why we don't take him seriously at an Iowa campaign stop where he addressed the head of the county chapter of the Republican Party and no other attendees. <laughs> <That was laughs> just And even, by the way, the one person who did show up on time wouldn't admit to being a Santorum supporter so much as a person who was hoping there was going to be free coffee and donuts or something. <laughs> he just walked up. Oh, I, th- I heard there was something with...
1: Santorum, straws and poles this looks nothing like the Felching party I was <laughs> This is awkward. I'm just wow. I'm gonna take off. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Now, of course, the Santorum campaign likes to remind people that Dickie Sands came in second in the primary last year, but that fact is only true in the technical sort of sense that he kept running and gathering anti-Romney <laughs> protest delegates <laughs> way after he was mathematically eliminated. It was, Yeah, exactly. It, it, and that's, by the way, also essentially true of this campaign already now, too. This wasn't, after all, his first anemically attended campaign stop. A stop <laughs> earlier in that day featured 10 supporters and way more than 10 chairs, and then this one came on the heels of a campaign stop that, that only two people if you don't count campaign staff and people who worked at the venue and you don't. You don't count <laughs> no, those No, you're not supposed to count them. No.
1: And I mean, when your campaign strategy involves courting away fringe conservatives from the far right of Mike Huckabee's voting base, even Iowa's to <laughs> be a long shot for you.
0: Right. And I guess a couple more donut seekers joined in once Dickie took the stage, so he took that opportunity to chat about how disgusting gay people are. In the end, Santorum spun the campaign stop as a success nonetheless, noting that any more than eight people, and it's pretty much statistically impossible that nobody's going to bring up the frothy mix of lube and people matter <laughs> things. so. It's
1: probably Let's better.
0: Look on the bright side there.
1: And in Ideas with Third Legs news tonight, Buddies in Bad Times Theatre of Toronto, Canada, is set to host what organizers are calling the world's first disability-themed public orgy and fully accessible sex convention on August 14th. Which is fantastic for so many reasons beyond just the top five we're obviously about to use it for. Deliciously Disabled is the name of the event. And if you're unsuccessful in your attempt to get in for free by requesting a podcast or press pass, the entry (laughs) fee is $20. (laughs) Canadian, so it's not yeah, well, yeah. The event will be organized around a masquerade ball and sex toy workshop. So I imagine it'll be similar to Eyes Wide Shut, except without the AIDS. <laughs> well, different kind of AIDS anyway. Yeah. Way different type of AIDS. According to Andrew Morrison-Gurza, Gerza, is one of the organizers and happens to use a wheelchair himself, disabled people are often quite adept with the use of foreign objects. He told reporters, quote, a wheelchair can become just a big sex toy. End quote. Well, sure, you just got to awesome trick it out idea. like
0: Clooney and uh, burn after reading. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic ending to a movie. And if you were listening for the subtext of Mr. Morrison Gers's statement, it's very clear he wants us to hire a strange group of writing interns to come up with some names and slogans for their pornographic documentary film. Obviously. Very clear from the subtext. And furthermore, continuing from the subtext, he grants our show, on behalf of all the disabled people, full license to use offensive terms as they would be much more offended if we treated them differently than every other group that might pop up in the news with a themed orgy convention. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> yeah, we would right. cover that no matter who it is.
0: Yeah. So, so we put our team of para, quadra, and pentaplegic sexual deviants to the task of coming up up with our top five documentary porn titles for the disability themed orgy convention
1: yes we did at number five
0: murder balls and shaft (laughs) damn right just imagining a bunch of wheelchairs hauling ass around an oval all tricked out like mad max (laughs) and i like
1: it awesome at number four the strip amputees Parking right next to the front entrance. I think it's a perfect job if you need a pole to stand up anyway. Know, finding your way slowly in. <laughs> At yeah. number three, squeals on wheels. Ramps, tramps, and nipple clamps.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, tight as you like. I don't have any feeling down there anyway. <laughs> At number two... Salk my dick. Smoking some polio. Oh, nice. Well, old ladies screaming, bonus, Jonas. (laughs) The world's better now that it has Jonas sulk based dick jokes. There was an emptiness in the world. world. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And at number one, the roll by shooting gangbang. Money shots fired, lots of blood, lots of crips.
0: Oh, wow. And I'm so terribly sorry. I'm so terribly, terribly sorry for this. But we did get dispensation. They won't slow down till every gimp is (laughs) limp. I'll say something offensive at the end so people forget about the Crips thing that you said.
1: And that's going to do it for episode 20. Thanks to No Illusions for always choosing scholar over gentleman when erudite (laughs) vulgarity is required. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for checking out the Reverend Al Missile Defense System in Texas. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that, please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving-away-a-free-show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Paul, Glenn, Rafi, and Nicholas whose ancestor's genital largesse provided the mechanical advantage needed to build all those hinges? And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy, and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-winning sister show, The Scathing Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from scathingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis Special thanks to the scale remodeler, Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off.
0: The Supreme Court struck down a law allowing people born in Jerusalem. The Supreme Court struck down a law allowing people born in Jerusalem. Palestine. (laughs) That's the problem. The Supreme Court struck down a law allowing people born in Jerusalem.
1: (laughs) At At this point, it's (laughs) (laughs) anti-Semitic. I have to distance myself from you. Oh, shit.